الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من تمسك بسنتي فقد أحبني ومن أحبني كان معي في الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders. Being the creation of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala being our sustainer, nourisher and every moment we enjoy the countless benefits of Allah ta'ala His bounties, His ni'mads so therefore our allegiance belongs to Allah Ta'ala alone being our creator, being our sustainer nothing should come between us and Allah Ta'ala so everything that we do should be for Allah Ta'ala alone our living, our dying and anything and everything in between قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That my ibadat and worship, my salah, my very living and dying, Allah says, say all this is for Allah alone. Nothing else should motivate anything in our lives. Our motivation should be purely to please Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, to earn His pleasure, to get close to Him. Because while we are in dunya, we might have other things that might be attracting us, tempting us. We might feel that there is something to gain by pleasing somebody else, by doing something that will earn somebody else's favor. But all that is a deception. That deception will become very, very clear and apparent when the person's eyes close. Now when he has to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, and even before that when he is laid in the qabr and the questions are asked to him at that time nobody is able to help him in any way it's only him and his iman and his amal it is him and his rabb nobody can come to any avail at that time at that time the reality will become apparent that only that what he did to please Allah alone and that which he did out of allegiance to his Rabb and Creator, only that is now of any benefit to him. So everything in our life should revolve around trying to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. وَرِضُوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ That attaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, this is the ultimate. There is nothing beyond that and that is it. That is everything in a mu'min's life. Allah must be pleased. Now how to earn this pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? This is the ultimate. 
But how is he going to decide and fathom that what is going to be able to earn him that pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? He's going to live his life in dunya. But in living this life, how is he going to get to that ultimate? The insan has no idea. Person is born in this world, what does he know? The child is born, he's born without knowing anything. Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum la ta'alamuna shay'a. Allah Ta'ala himself in the Quran Sharif declares, Allah Ta'ala brought you out from the wombs of your mothers in the condition that La Ta'alamuna Shay'a, you knew nothing. Person didn't have the slightest bit of any idea of anything in dunya. But then Allah Ta'ala says, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Allah Ta'ala then blessed you with hearing, with sight and with a heart with the seat of intelligence so that you will hear you will see and what you hear and see you will understand and analyze and that is how the knowledge then starts developing by what a person sees what he hears the tongue also merely expresses what a person sees and hears if a person is completely blind and completely deaf he won't be able to speak one word also. So he sees nothing, especially if he's deaf, then he'll be mute. Because all what he speaks is a reflection of what he's heard, what he's seen. If a person, for example, has never heard a vulgar word in his life, he's never heard it. He's never seen it written anywhere. Is it ever conceivable it's going to come on his tongue? Where is it going to come from? It only came from having heard it somewhere, having read it somewhere. If a person has never ever heard something obscene in his life, how is he going to speak it? He'll only speak what he heard, what he sees. And then what he absorbed by means of what he heard and saw, he absorbed it within his heart and mind. And then that at some stage will start now playing back. That replays. Many things replay. Sometimes it seems at that time is very, very innocent, it's just child's play. Once one primary maktab teacher, one apa, she was teaching in fact a nursery class, well, grade zero, whatever we call it nowadays. So she's teaching these little kids and she just started asking them some question, more to just see now what's in their hearts and minds. So she asked them, who is greater, Allah or the Power Rangers, which happened to be some TV characters at that time. So out of the class of about ten, four children replied, children born in Muslim homes, growing up as Muslims, parents perhaps very punctual with their salah, concerned about the children's education, so they send them to madrasa also. But what was sitting in those children's mind, now this is some, a question of this nature, who is greater, Allah no who is greater, there is no comparison this was just to now test out what's going on in this child's mind because perhaps that was the thing that children were talking about so four children answered out of, now look at the percentage, out of ten, four out of ten forty percent now Uzubillah say that power ranges is greater now where that came from, how can the child ever think that the power ranges is greater when the first words that the child was meant to have heard was Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. 
Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. The child is barely born and the azan is given and then the takbir is given and in the azan and takbir six times in the azan, six times in the takbir, twelve times the child has barely come in dunya. But this is a lesson. That what he will hear is what he will absorb. So make him hear the azan. He doesn't know anything. The child has just come. Allah Ta'ala is saying that he can't come in this world la ta'alamuna shay'a. He doesn't know anything. But now he doesn't know anything to start teaching him from now. Teach him the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Teach him Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And already plant the seed of the importance of salah in his heart. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al He's a child, baby, just born. Not even a day old, not even an hour old sometimes. But already the azan has been called out. And this message of the importance of the greatness of, of the importance of salah, that success is in salah, and obviously the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, all that is being implanted in the child. This is that fitrat, the natural disposition of every human being on which that human being is born. Born on fitrat, Nabi Islam says, Kullu mauludin yuladu ala al-fitrah. Every child is born on that natural disposition. The natural disposition, meaning that as the child grows up, he is naturally built. There is something inbuilt for him to be able to recognize the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. Recognize Tawheed. And to recognize Allah Ta'ala through his creation, through his Qudrat. So this is a natural disposition. But then, فَأَبَوَاهُ يُهَوِّدَانِهِ أَوْ يُنَسِّرَانِهِ أَوْ يُمَجِّسَانِهِ Then the parents now, some parents made the child into a Yahudi, some made him into a Christian, some made him into a fire worshipper. And some despite being Muslim, they let the child be exposed to such things, that the child, na'uzubillah, is growing up to saying something else is powerful, greater than Allah, ta'ala, na'uzubillah. So these things sound very, very innocent. It seems like this, by the way, something that can just be wished away, but the impact is very great. And that is why this azan is called out in the ears of that child is barely born. Because that impact of that azan must fall into that heart. So now the child is hearing something musical and some watching some cartoons and, and all these various things. And the very, uh, those who produce these cartoons, one article they themselves say that cartoons like so, some whatever cartoons, the message that comes out of it, which gets implanted in the heart of the child, that what the child takes back. After a while he'll forget what he saw and heard. But what sits in his heart is that to be rude is cute. Uh, he, this, this is what sits in his heart. Because what he saw and how things are carrying on, that gets left in him. To be rude is cute. Now that plays back. After some time it plays back. So in any case, what we were discussing was that Allah wa ta'ala has created us. He's our sustainer. He's our nourisher. And we owe everything to him alone. And the ultimate is the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala. That's the ultimate. But how are we going to know what is the manner of gaining this pleasure of Allah ta'ala? In any aspect of life. So in order for us to be able to understand this, to learn it, to know it, Allah ta'ala sent the Anbiya alayhi salatu Because they were the selected and chosen servants of Allah ta'ala who received wahi from Allah wa ta'ala and they were on the peak of perfection of all the sifat and qualities and attributes and then on 
among them the greatest Nabi Allah, Allah Ta'ala finally sent Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who came to teach mankind till Qiyamah that you want to be successful you want to reach this ultimate you want to gain the pleasure of Allah Tabaraka Wa Ta'ala you want to live your life in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes happy with you and Allah Ta'ala becomes happy with you He'll make this dunya, this life of dunya also a place of peace and contentment for you and the main place is Akhirat Akhirat will be a place of perpetual happiness and peace for you how you go about it so Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent him to teach the whole of mankind this is the manner of life this is the way that you live your life you live your life in this way Allah will be pleased with you in dunya also and in Akhirat as well so now that we want to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, which is our ultimate there is no other way to get there besides following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. A person tries any other way, he can never reach there. And this is the shortcut to get very close to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that a person becomes very conscious of the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in every facet of life. He tries his utmost to enact the sunnah in every aspect of life and why should he not sacrifice his whole life for the emulation of Rasulullah when Nabi despite being already forgiven, masoom, sinless and blessed with the best by Allah but the extent of compassion, mercy and love that he had for the ummah Merely that alone should move any ummati to say that I am not prepared to do anything which contradicts the Mubarak way of Rasulullah When this is the way my Nabi loved me as an ummati, because this was his love for every individual of the ummat. So then how can I now turn my attention to someone else? If you look into the hadith of Rasulullah and in fact before that even the ayat of the Quran Sharif, in the last ayat of Surah At-Tawbah, Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِدْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفُ الرَّحِيمُ SubhanAllah, every word in this ayat depicts that extreme love that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had for his ummah. And Allah Ta'ala is endorsing this in the Quran Sharif. Can we imagine Allah Ta'ala is letting out the secret of the heart of Rasulullah then the ummah should take note that what was the heart of their Nabi Allah is saying لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ that a Rasul has come to you a messenger of Allah has come to you from among yourselves he's a human being he hasn't come in some other species it's not an angel that has come from the heavens in form of an angel He's an insan, he's a human being, a most perfect human being. But he's an insan. Allah Ta'ala created him insan. Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi Sallallahu say to them, make it open and clear to them. I'm a human, I'm a human being like you. But yes, there's something that distinguishes me thereafter very greatly. I am a recipient of wahi, of divine revelation. Allah Ta'ala has made me his Rasul 
and the greatest of all the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Salam. But in human form and as a human being, with all the things that normal human beings have with them, the need for food and drink and whatever illnesses human beings feel the pain and whatever Nabi Salam felt pain, he felt a headache, he felt the pangs of hunger, everything that human beings felt, he felt also. But with all that, what was his heart for his ummah? Allah Ta'ala is mentioning in the eyes of the Quran Sharif that consider his heart in terms of his muhabbat for his ummah. لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِدْتُمْ That whatever suffering they endure or whatever suffering they have to face, this is very very painful for him. The suffering of his ummah is very severe upon him. What can we, Allah Ta'ala is describing it. What is we can say that, look, you know, I really feel for you and, you know, your, whatever your pain and suffering is, I'm with you in it and I empathize with you and all that we can say, often we're saying it just from the tip of our tongue. Fine, if you're saying it to make somebody feel a little bit comfortable, support him, mashallah, that too, that niyat is fine. But we can't really feel much sometimes if the person is not really somebody close to us, known to us, we're familiar with him. As a human being, we feel something, but not something so deep. But here, nobody is making the claim on his own self. Here, Allah Ta'ala, who is the knower of the hearts, Allah Ta'ala, who knows what the recesses of the hearts contain, Allah Ta'ala is endorsing this, that this is the heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Azizun alayhi ma anittum. That whatever difficulty comes upon them, it is very severe upon him. It is very painful for him. Difficulty, whether the difficulty pertains to that because they are still conducting themselves in a way that they are going headlong towards the fire of Jahannam. That's very painful for him. That's extremely excruciating pain for him. And whether it is the difficulties of dunya, that too is painful for him. That too is something that hurts him. But together with that, Nabi Wasallam further Allah Ta'ala says, Harisun alaykum. He is haris upon you. Now this first part of it, this pain, this pain as mentioned, if somebody is very close to one, somebody is near and dear person, then he feels very hurt. He sees that person in a difficulty. He sees that person in pain. That pain of the child, whatever pain the child is experiencing, that mother experiences double the pain. Because of that attachment. Because of that love. That affection. So the child is in half the pain, the mother is in double the pain. But if it's somebody distant, somebody distant will feel on a human level something. But that's where he finishes off. After a while, we just turned around and walked away, we forgot about it. But that mother doesn't forget about it. Somebody is very close to one. In this recent past, people got ill, some of them had to be hospitalized. And now because of the circumstances, family members were not even uh, able to go and visit them in that hospital. So people were not even anywhere close physically, but because of that close bond, the person in hospital, he was whatever he was going through, he might have been sometimes even unconscious. So he was not even feeling anything at that time. But people outside who were very close, that person was like a fish out of water. 
that person was almost writhing in pain. Why? Because of that bond, that attachment, that love. Allah Ta'ala is saying, for the entire ummah, the difficulty of the entire ummah is very painful for Rasulullah What does that speak about his muhabbat? That it is out of that extreme love for his ummah, that any difficulty that the ummah is going to face becomes a very great pain for him. And then harisun alaykum. The word haris, it's used in different contexts. Sometimes it's used in the context of greed. When it's used in the context of greed, somebody is haris for dunya. Haris for dunya is somebody who has an extreme amount of greed for dunya. Very high level of greed. He just keeps thinking of how to just amass dunya all the time. And in any way and every way, day and night that becomes his obsession. <coughs> that becomes what his day and night is. He'll, while he's sleeping, he's dreaming only of that too. And in any way he must just keep grabbing. Now that's one context. But that's the same word Allah Ta'ala uses here. That he is haris. Alaykum harisun ala hidayatikum. Wa islahi sha'nikum. Nabi Sallallahu is extremely haris for what? For your hidayat. For your guidance. That you should become rightly guided. You should not get misled anywhere. You should not get deviated. There must be nothing that must come between you and that ultimate goal of earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So this is what his hirs, his hirs and his extreme concern, concern of the highest level, that his ummah must not be in that perpetual doom, in that suffering of Jahannam, and neither must they suffer in dunya, they must have the success of dunya and the everlasting success of akhirat. This was his extreme concern for every single person. So haris, Allah Ta'ala describes Nabi Islam in this manner. And this shows that extreme shafqat, extreme compassion and mercy. Allah Ta'ala further says, rahim." That he is extremely compassionate and deeply merciful upon the believers. The general compassion and khirs is for every single human being. And those who then come into iman, his compassion and mercy for them gets even more greater. Now, on the one hand, this is the description of Rasulullah of his heart, of his Mubarak heart that Allah Ta'ala gives in the Quran Sharif in terms of his compassion for the Ummah, his love for the Ummah, his pain for the Ummah. And this was manifested repeatedly. Every step you'll find this being manifested. This love and compassion. There are so many ahadith of Rasulullah where this was highlighted, many of the ahadiths we've discussed on many occasions, for the Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala anha, on one occasion she sees Nabi Islam happy, and then she asks him for dua, because this was a time to really take, so take what? Take dua. So she asked for dua. Nabi Islam made dua for her, Allahumma khfilli Aisha ma taqaddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar. Ya Allah forgive Aisha, all her past and previous sins, wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat, Oh, she got this dua, she became so excited over it, she couldn't contain her excitement. Her head came down into her lap out of that excitement. Somebody gives us dua, we'll say, okay, mashallah, jazakallah. 
Say Ameen. Alhamdulillah. But she understood the value of this dua. So she got so excited over it. Nabi Islam asked her, My dua has made you happy. She said, Why should I not get happy over this? Rasulullah Islam responded and said, Innaha la da'wati li ummati ba'da kulli salatin. Amfi kulli salatin. That's the dua I make for my ummah in every salah. This extent of that compassion, mercy, concern for the ummah. Once one sahabi said to Rasulullah wasallam, that shipta ya Rasulullah, O Nabi of Allah, I can see some white hair which we didn't see before, we didn't notice before. In other words, you're getting old. So Rasulullah wasallam said, in response, Shayyabatni hudun wa akhawatuha. That surah hud and other surahs of this nature, of this theme, these surahs have made me old. Now, old in this context, when a person now starts taking a lot of strain and that worry and stress, that starts making a person start aging. Yes, I started aging. What started making me age? Surah Hud. Surah Hud? What's in Surah Hud? So the Mufassirin explain and the Muhaddisin and Shura explain that in Surah Hud, one particular ayat, that ayat of the Quran Sharif, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ The Nabi Islam is being commanded, you remain on istiqamat, as you have been commanded. Completely straight on the path of Hidayat, you remain completely on istiqamat. Now, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the Masum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, the greatest of the Anbiya Wasallam, there was no question of him going out of the line of istiqamat for one brief moment. So, this command of Allah Ta'ala nevertheless addressed to him to highlight to everybody else how important this istiqamat is. But then in the same ayat immediately after Allah Ta'ala says, Oman Taaba Ma'at and your Ummat also. Those who bring Iman on you, those who will accept what your message is, they should also remain on istiqamat. Now this command of istiqamat, that they must not waver in the least bit. Rasulullah became extremely concerned about how the ummah is going to manage this. Will they fulfill this? To what extent they'll fulfill it? Because this istiqamat is the greatest karamat. This istiqamat is the greatest karamat person flying in the air and a person being able to do some other kind of supernatural things but if he doesn't have ittiba'i sunnat in his life he's not somebody following the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu all those things don't mean anything he's not going to even bring his own salvation let alone help somebody else and a person can't do anything out of the world anything supernatural but he's on istiqamat on ittiba'i sunnat then he's progressing at every step Spiritually he is flying. Physically he might be on walking on earth. But spiritually he is flying. He is flying on the basis of ittiba sunnat. Following the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Adopting that Mubarak life. So now this was the concern for the ummah. As a result, Nabi Islam is aging. Out of the stress and concern that my ummah, what will be the outcome? How will they fare? What will they do? Which path they'll adopt? Which direction they'll take? Will they follow in my footsteps? Or will they get excited by things around elsewhere? This fashion and that fashion. 
and this way of conducting comes very in with all the ways of the Yahud and Nasara in it and all the other immorality and vices all loaded in it and in other aspects of life and the Haya completely gone from dressing, from way of life from the way that interaction takes place between people how family functions happen shame and modesty becomes history because the way of life of the Yahud and Nasara starts creeping in and the Mubarak way of Rasulullah gets left in the back so how is the Ummah going to handle this? Are they going to stay on that istiqamat? Are they going to become conscious of my Mubarak way? Or are they going to go somewhere else? This was that compassion Nabi Salaam had. This is that hari sunnah alaykum. That hirs for the hidayat and for the guidance of his Ummah. Let alone all the other aspects which Nabi Salaam tirelessly did. In one hadith sharif it is mentioned that Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that on occasion Nabi sallallahu addressed the sahaba that were present and said that I truly desire how I wish how I wish I had met my brothers Now when a person has a very close bond with someone and he hasn't met the person for a long time the person is far away somewhere now he's saying how I wish I could meet him but he doesn't even know how that's going to happen because either this is now one end of the world and another end of the world apparently there doesn't seem to be any means but that deep sigh comes out from the heart how I wish I could have met him why? person only expresses that when there's a very deep love very deep bond Nabi Islam is saying how I wish I could have met my brothers the Sahaba who were present he said, Alasna ikhwanana ya Rasulullah. Alasna ikhwanak, are we not your brothers? And we have accepted Islam. We have come into the fold of deen. We are with you. Are we not your brothers? So Nabi Islam responded to them and said, Antum ashabi. You are on a very special level. You are beyond just brotherhood. You are my sahaba. You are my very close companions. Meaning brotherhood is with you also. But you are beyond brotherhood. You have been put on a position beyond just being brothers. So I am not talking about you. You are already there. You already have my closeness and I have seen you much. I am talking about somebody apart from you. Nabi Islam then says, my brothers I am referring to. My brothers, Those who will come after me, and they will bring Iman on me, whereas they have never seen me. So this will apply to all those who will come to the Qiyamah, who brought Iman on Rasulullah wasallam, And that includes with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala, all of us sitting in this house of Allah Ta'ala. That Nabi wasallam, out of his compassion and mercy for the Ummad, out of his love for the Ummad, he desired to see his brothers, desired to see the Ummadis of today also. This was his desire. What muhabbat, what extreme love. That Nabi Islam is sitting in the gathering of his sahaba and he's expressing this desire, how I wish I had seen my brothers. And when they are surprised who he's referring to, he says, those who will come after me, they will bring iman on me, but they have not seen me. They are my brothers. Now when Nabi Islam had this extent of muhabbat for his ummah, 
this extent of love, this extent of compassion, this much of feeling for his ummah. Now the question is, how much the ummah feels for their Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, for his Mubarak way of life? When a person truly has muhabbat, then that muhabbat, that muhabbat makes him give preference to things. When he has muhabbat for something, he gives preference to what he has muhabbat for. He gives preference to things that are related to it. He loves a certain kind of car, and if he can afford it, he's not touching anything else. Then that is what he wants, and that is what he talks about, and that is what he's shining all the time, and that is what somehow the other will always occupy his conversation, and he'll dream about it too, because his heart got attached to that material thing. And then Allah forbid something happens to it sometimes, then sometimes because he gave his heart to it, if he gave his hands to it, he gave his use to it, fine, Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, but he put his heart in it. Now it got scratched, his heart got scratched. And got damaged, his heart got damaged. And now that affected his whole peace went away. So it's human nature, something, some damage, some loss, a person feels it, but then his heart is to be with Allah Ta'ala. Then he gets over these things very, very quickly and moves on. But now when the heart was given to material things, then when those material things are no more there, it's like his whole life went away. So now in any case, Nabi Wasallam, his muhabbat with his ummah was of such a deep nature. We, what, is, what is our level of muhabbat? That level of muhabbat we can gauge from what we give preference to. In our day-to-day life, in all the big and small things. Now this is what we have to make decisions about. That we want to get that ultimate, the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala. We want to get close to Him. He's our creator. Allah ta'ala is our Rabb. And Allah ta'ala has sent Rasulullah sallallahu as the guide, as the best and most splendid example. If we want to gain the ultimate, there's only one route. And that is to follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu So now from the morning, the person barely opened his eyes. What was the Mubarak tariqah of Rasulullah sallallahu Because every amal, Every action done in the accordance to that Mubarak Tariqah is filled with noor. That noor fills up in the heart. Ibn Umar he is on his way for Hajj. And en route, he stops at a certain point. Suddenly asks, the, or gets off, whoever, whoever is traveling with, stop. Then he jumps off the conveyance. And then he goes and briefly sits under one tree and then he returns. So he just went and sat under the tree briefly and came back. They asked him, but what was this? Why you had any need but you didn't seem to have... He says, no, no, I didn't have any need. But while we were with Rasulullah and we were passing the spot, Nabi Islam stopped here and he went under that tree to go and relieve himself. I didn't have any need. But in order to emulate this outwardly, I did this. Because this too is not devoid of that nur because it's being done in emulation of Rasulullah Whereas there was no need for him at that time. But they understood the value of this ittiba, of this emulation. So now from the moment the person wakes up, many a person says, I wake up in the morning and I just feel very miserable. So after, and then that miserable feeling carries on for a long time. And when you wake up, what do you do? He says, well, I wake up. You wake up, what else do you do? You wake up. He says, now when you wake up, do you recite anything? He says, no, I don't recite anything. Why don't you recite anything? No, nothing comes to mind that time. I forget. 
So you started off your day, you started off your first moment of the day without taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, without following the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you gave shaitan the full opportunity to now take over from the first moment. You started off the day without Allah Ta'ala's name, without the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So why shaitan won't get the gap? There's no vacuum. It's one of the two. Either we are in the side of Allah Ta'ala, in the side of Rahman, or in the side of shaitan. So now the person woke up and he recited the Musnoon Dua. Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur. In emulation of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would wake up and yamsahun nawma an wajhihi with the palms of his hand. He would rub his eyes, so to say, to uh, dispel the signs of sleep or the effects of sleep. Yamsahun nawma an wajhihi. And then he would recite the ayat of the Quran Sharif. إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضُ اخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ Till the end of the ruku. And he would even look up towards the sky at that time as he's reciting these ayat. And then the sunnah of how to now start the rest of the amal, whatever person now his needs are, he's going to generally now go to the toilet and how to enter the toilet in the proper sunnah manner. And whatever the sunnahs that are related to that, and how then he emerges in the sunnah way, what leg he puts in first, the left leg, and how he emerges with the right leg first, and all the various sunnahs and adabs, and then he's leaving his house and coming to the masjid, how he leaves his house, what he recites when he's leaving his home, how he enters the house of Allah Ta'ala, what dua he recites at that time, everything is adding to that nur in the heart. When a person is a businessman, then he doesn't say, okay, certain customers will serve, and certain customers, they are buying for, you know, under 100 rand at a time. We'll just concentrate on those buying over 1,000 rand. Leave this 100 rand ones. You see, no, no, all these, forget 100 rand. The 10, 10 rands also all count. Even the 1, 1 rands count too. He says, no, we don't, we don't let anybody go. Nobody must leave without buying. Why? Because every cent counts. So when it comes to business, it comes to our wealth, it comes to earning dunya, then every cent counts. When it comes to adding, earning akhirat, when it comes to trying to get close to Rasulullah when it comes to trying to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, then certain things are important, we should do it. Certain things are well okay, by the way, it's not serious, if we don't do it, it's fine. He's like saying, okay, these customers, let them go, don't worry. They, they want to buy, but don't, just send them somewhere else. Nobody thinks like that, no serious businessman thinks like that. But now we are the serious ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But certain things of his Mubarak Sunnah, we say, no, this is okay now, it's fine, let it be. One is a person due to some whatever issue, whatever, he's not fulfilling certain Sunnah. That too, he should feel the sense of loss and remorse in his heart. That this is my weakness. And he should have that feeling in his heart. Someday, inshallah, I'll do this also. But feeling it that this is well, okay, by the way, it's not, not major that becomes the means of getting deprived of further whatever a person is doing also, the doors of that start closing up. So in every aspect, ittiba'i sunnat. Then together with ittiba'i sunnat, then to start becoming very, very conscious about salawat and durood upon Rasulullah wasallam. that every day there should be specified times, fixed time, when we are engaging in the recitation of Duru Sharif and invoking the salawat and salutations upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and over and above that besides the dedicated time throughout the day and night and as much as we can 
that's a whole subject on its own, then that fikr and that concern that Nabi Islam had for the whole ummah, we have to create some fikr of that in our hearts too. For our own selves, for others around us, our families, our extended families, our communities, this is the heart that Nabi Islam had. We have to start inculcating these things in our hearts. Then we have come closer to Him. And this is the way we will get closer to Allah wa ta'ala. So this ayat of the Quran Sharif, where Allah ta'ala gives this description of the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah we now have to sit and reflect upon this. The specific part of the ayat, Azizun alayhi ma anittu, that that which brings about any suffering on the ummah, that is very painful upon Rasulullah this is something to now reflect upon. One is reflect upon in the context of our day-to-day life currently. It's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that the amal of the ummats are presented to the Anbiya Ali And what kind of amal are presented, that's the kind of effect it has. If it is all positive, mashallah, then they become happy. And if it is the other side, they become grieved. And then on the day of Qiyamah, can we imagine that a person, an ummati of Rasulullah he is now, because of his wrong life, because of his sins and vices, a decision is going to be made where he has to go to. What pain this will bring onto the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah Now to think about it, can I afford to be that person? That I am going to become the means of this pain on the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah who had that amount of, that great muhabbat for me, more than my parents could ever have for me, more than anybody in the whole world could ever have for me, that is the muhabbat my Nabi Salaam had for me, am I going to now become a cause of pain, a cause of taklif to the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah because of what I'm doing, what I'm looking at, what I'm listening to, how am I speaking, how am I conducting myself in day-to-day life, all this either is bringing happiness to his Mubarak heart, or either is becoming a source of taklif, and what will happen on the day of Qiyamah, what kind of amal of mine are going to be presented? That is going to have an impact. So let's reflect on this. This is a thing to reflect on. A true ummati of Rasulullah doesn't express his love on some special occasions only or some occasion here and there. Every day, every moment of his life, he expresses that love in the form of ittiba'i sunnat. Following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq to become the true ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and follow in his Mubarak footsteps very very closely. And may Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of shunning everything that opposes his Mubarak way of life. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا 
ഹിമുൽക്കരീം ബസാക്കിൻ്റെ ഇല്ലാഹുലാലമീൻ <laughs> Ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah despite your countless nemats and bounties ya Allah ya Allah we ate all the food you granted us ya Allah ya Allah we drank the things you blessed us with ya Allah ya Allah every moment we breathe in the air that you provided for free ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah the water you blessed on the skies ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all the other nemats and bounties ya Allah every moment we are enjoying and benefiting from ya Allah despite being ya Allah ya Allah immersed in your nemats and bounties ya Allah we still disobeyed you ya Allah we transgress your commands ya allah we trample your deen ya allah we trample the mubarak way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we turned our backs to his mubarak way we adopted the way of his enemies ilahu alamin ya allah we caused so much of pain and taklif to his mubarak heart ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah we committed the serious crimes ya allah ilahu alamin this terrible injustice ya allah ilahu alamin this terrible ingratitude ya allah 
acknowledging all the wrongs you have done, Ya Allah. But we're begging for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. We're begging your help, Ya Allah. Make us your true servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal slaves, Ya Allah. Make us the loyal ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Make us among his ummatis who truly love him, Ya Allah. Who follow in his Mubarak footsteps, Ya Allah. Who adopt his Mubarak sunnah, Ya Allah. Who shun the way of his enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You grant us the tawfiq of doing all that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Allah, cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. With the muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With the Mubarak, with the muhabbat of deen, Ya Allah. With the muhabbat of the amal of deen, Ya Allah. With the muhabbat of the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, accept us in our progeny, Sallallahu for the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. With tabuliyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustabirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those in any kind of financial difficulties, remove with the rafiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant each one halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Fill the rizq with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the anxiety, depression, worry, sorrow, grief, Ya Allah. That people are suffering. Ilahul Alameen, out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah, remove it, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the concern of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the fikr of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with that compassion that he had in his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with his Mubarak akhlaq, Ya Allah. Enable us to live that Mubarak life that he taught us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah grant us that on iman kamil, Ya Allah. On tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. In a place of sin, Ya Allah. Allah grant us death, Ya Allah, in a Mubarak time, Ya Allah. In a Mubarak place, Ya Allah. And most of all, Ya Allah, in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Give us Jannah for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Each one's dies needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's, Ya Allah, pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna anasaluka min khayri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله